Welcome, guys. Eric Schultek. Uh, welcome to the Level 3 Studios podcast. And uh, tonight we're talking with one of the best dudes ever and good friend, Jim LaMarca. How you doing, buddy? What's up, dudes? I've known Jim for, well, I've gotten to know him better over the years, but I've known Jim for a while. And um, if you know anything about metal in the early 2000s and uh, the presence of Chimera in the scene, uh, then you, you definitely know Jim LaMarca. Or if you've been to Cleveland, That's Ohio, you may, I think they have your face on, well, like when you enter Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got, I, yeah, that was an awesome ceremony. I wish you guys would have been there. It was uh, it was invite only, and it was very VIP. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jim, he's here just to uh, shoot the shit, and he's a, a sports fan. And last night, I know you were probably watching the Cavs because you're a huge Cavs fan. Yeah, um, you know, Rob Arnold makes me so mad. I know you're friends with Rob, but Rob, Rob loves to tape the game and not watch it live. And I and and you know, we have such a love for basketball. And really upsets me that he doesn't watch it live you know and i wanted to text him i wanted to talk to him i didn't know that he didn't watch it live well you know he's putting the kids to bed and all that stuff which i i'm busting his balls obviously but the thing is it's like but for that moment that that was a big live that was a big live sports moment and dude like it, it by the time he probably even saw it it was already on youtube you know what i'm saying and the moment we're talking about obviously is yeah Broke his leg. I can't think of it. Gordon. But, you know, the play was, it looked like, he, the guy was, he was going up for a layup, and it kind of looked like any other layup. No, he was ever... going up for the alley-oop. Oh, it was the alley-oop. Yeah, he went up. And... But it didn't look like he landed. It looked like he landed weird, but, like, you didn't know how bad it was until he, like, spun around. Oh. Like, he landed weird, and then he spun around, and you just saw that ankle. Yeah. Brutal. Like, just brutal. But, man, on live TV, that's it's been a while. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember some good live TV moments where, you know, well, you saw you some know, stuff. But that was like three minutes of live. You could hear a pin drop in that Coliseum. Okay, so I'm 43 years old. Um, I watched Joe Theismann break his leg. That was the first time I ever seen anything. And, you know, I work at a barber shop now, and it's kind of fu- it's kind of funny because, like, at the barbershop, you know, I, I, I mean, listen, I talk about sports all day long, you know, you, you know, especially Cleveland sports or, you know, whatever, you know, like, it's just a thing that you do at the barbershops. You don't have to deal with all the bullshit in, in like, life and all that stuff because sports is entertainment, you know. And I was telling a kid today, I was like, you know, because we were talking about sports, he's in the mid-20s. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, listen, I saw, I saw Joe Theismann break his leg. That was, but the thing is, it's like this is all HD cameras and the, you know the visual replay, how quickly it spreads. I mean, Joe Theismann, people didn't know he did that until the next day. Yeah, and back then there was not even Sports Center. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even like a Sports Center type of thing. So like you had to wait to see it on the like the, the evening news if you didn't even get to the you know the paper. Well, it was in the newspaper. You know what I'm saying? So times have changed quite a bit. Yeah, and, that, and that's an injury that you don't want to see anyone ever have. I mean, that's just so. Like, I'm going to give you my top three injuries, and that one definitely was number three. Um, number two was Joe Theismann. Um, see, now, Joe Theismann was my number one. Right now, I, I now here's the thing. I didn't see the kid from Louisville when he 
when he fractured his uh, shin or whatever. I mean, whatever that was. That's the worst thing I've ever seen, like, on a, like a sporting event. Like, it was just, like, but I didn't see it live, unfortunately, you know, to kind of, to, 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 you know, but I did see last night's and, and, and the uh, Joe Theismann one. But, like, that's number one. Joe Theismann's number two. And last night was definitely, came in, came in at number three, in my opinion. Like, it was brutal, you know? I remember watching a UFC fight one time, and it was a, it wasn't even, like, a pivotal moment of the match. Like, the guy went to kick the other guy, and the guy blocked it with his forearm. And then all you saw was, like, his shin cave in and his foot go forward and everything just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. What the hell? Like, it wasn't like a heat, like, you know, it wasn't like someone took a baseball bat to his leg. It was like he was kicking the other guy, and all of a sudden it snapped. Yeah, that's, I, I don't, I don't do UFC. I mean, I, I, I tell you one thing right now, after that Conor McGregor fight, I really enjoyed that fight. Um, I really enjoyed him. I thought he was great. Boxing to me, I, I got to watch Mike Tyson, and to me, that was the that was the the, the uh, I, I you know that was the most epic boxing career. I mean, besides Muhammad Ali, that was the most epic boxing career, if you want to call it epic, I guess. But I got to witness his stuff. You know, I did see some of those pay per views as a kid. You know. Oh sure. So, you know, and the thing is, it's like, it's sports, man. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. What can you do? You know, it's live. You want to see something like that. People like to see that shit. I mean, yeah, well, you know, not to see that. I don't want to see anybody get hurt like that. Cause that was terrible. I feel bad for that kid who just signed a deal, you know, but it's just, you know, like it, you know, it happens. It's people. I mean, I guess that's kind of part of the deal, you know, I hope his guarantee was good, you know? Like his, yeah, uh, we were talking about and... that today. I was talking about that at the barbershop today, and I, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I heard a couple different theories on it, and, you know, he's guaranteed this, and, you know, it depends on how much he gets up in the front. But, like, you know, the kid the kid might be back at the end of the year. So, like, you don't really know. Like, you know, like, that's something that will probably be in some kind of a Boston newspaper, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's cool, you know. But anyways, uh yeah, that's sports. You know, there you go. We talked about sports for the beginning part of this. I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's definitely uh, it's it's it was kind of a tough year for the Cleveland Indians. You know, it was like tough, man. Like seeing these Yankees go on, I'm just like, ah, yeah, God, I hate the Yankees so much. Well, I'm up uh, by Milwaukee, so the Brewers. You know, they had a, a decent showing this year, and I think it's going to be the Dodgers and the. Uh, and the Yankees, I think that the country wants the L.A. New York thing going, you know. Yeah, well, we were out before the Indians, but yeah, it, it was good to see him get that far. Yeah, but the Browns are off to a great start, dude. You know, it's so funny because it's like you know, I say this at the barber shop. You know, people are like, you know, I don't want to watch the goddamn football. I can't stand these these high paid babies kneeling down. I'm like. I'm not watching football because the Browns suck. <laughs> and beyond that, the NFL right now is not good. I mean, it's just there's no teams right now standing out. I was, I wanted Kansas City to beat Pittsburgh last week, and I'm not a Pittsburgh fan at all. But the thing is, it's like I wanted to see Kansas City beat beat them. They got that kid Kareem Hunt to uh, the city that I that I that I have my house in is uh, that's uh, that's where that kid went to high school. So that's cool. I, I'm rooting for that kid. Why? I mean, why do you even want to talk about sports? Because you probably talk about that all day with these guys. I did. Yeah. 
Well, we're not going to talk about some music. We're not going to talk about politics, so we could just bypass well, that. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about politics because nobody wants to hear the truth. <laughs> All right, you want to talk about politics? That's fine. I'll talk about politics. <laughs> I want to know what's going on with Jim Lamarca right now. Like, what's going well, on? I know that? you've worked hard on putting this Camera uh, reunion show together. I definitely want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about, like, are you are you still putting music out? Are you still uh, are you are you managing bands? Are you tour? I well, I'm you- actually okay. So, like, you know, in reference to sport or sports, if you will, um, I'm kind of like a player manager right now in a band called Impending Lies, who is. Uh, going to be opening up the Chimera, not opening up the Chimera Christmas show, but playing right right before Chimera on that Chimera Christmas show. So, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you want to talk about the music business and all that. You know, the cool thing is, it's like... Yeah, so Impending Lies is direct support for Chimera, so that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I've been working with local bands in Cleveland for years. I, I kind of haven't done it a lot lately, but, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm just focusing on one band, and that's Impending Lies. And I... Um, I'm actually, I actually took off after our last show. I forget what it was. My last show with them was in September. Um, I wanted to take the next couple months off so I can focus on Chimera, which, you know, in, in respect to the guys, it's like I'm still part of the band. I'm kind of helping managing it. Like, my, the key is to help manage the band and keep it together. It's a good band. It's a great, great music. And, you know, I really wanted to keep the band together and, and have them focus on getting some new stuff out, you know, with me playing bass on it. Um, but like I said, I wanted to focus on the Camera Christmas show because of the, uh, you know, the importance of relearning some old songs and jamming, and, you know, making sure parts are super tight, you know? Oh, sure. And, and the key is, you know, you know, we had some good jam sessions and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like, you know, like, you know, the, the, the percentage wise is pretty high up there on getting everything tightened up and being ready for the show. We're already... We're almost in mid-October right now, and, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be awesome. It's going to be such a great show. In fact, last week was a big, huge uh, jam session that we actually, you know, like, you know, it made everything made made sense, and it felt great, you know, so it was pretty awesome, so. That's so friggin' amazing to hear, and I'm sure a lot of, I don't know, I think it's just cool to have the original, you know, that whole original lineup thing together again is a, a, a yeah, key the, to this it, whole thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you know, like the big, the biggest thing is you know to 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 be successful in a band. It's not about the music. It's not about the personalities. It's not about playing on stage. It's not about you know playing the songs in the right key. It's not about any of that. It's about everything. You know what I'm saying? It's not about all just like one certain thing. It's 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 about the whole picture, and you know to visualize that it's pretty fun and exciting at the point we're at right now for the Camera reunion show, because, um, it's, it's, it's really exciting to be able to get back on stage and, you know, piecing everything back together with, uh, you know, Mark and, and myself and, you know, trying to get like, you know, this thing together and, you know, getting everybody on board. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't super easy to do that, you know, and it's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of stuff that Mark and I have done, to set to set things up and everybody to be happy and we want everybody to like see the, the, the key is for this reunion show is for every one of us to be happy and just get in the same room, play on the same stage and make everybody that comes to see that thing just extremely happy that that we love love this music as much as they did 
and we want them to enjoy the show as much as as we do you know and you know it, 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 it's it's not easy man it wasn't easy touring it's not easy being in a band and being out on the road it's not there's nothing easy about it you know and 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 the point where we're at right now is we all know that everyone's such a key player in this whole thing you know and it's it's very satisfying to you know to get us to the next level after breaking up and so-called retiring and quitting or whatever you know what i'm saying like yeah it's so used to saw back together and you know to be honest with you pretty historical thing you know between mark and i because mark and i i've known mark longer than anybody else in that band has and i i've been around him a lot longer than any of those guys and you know i, I played in a lot more bands than any of those guys that played with them so you know and i'm not trying to brag or anything it's obviously you know it's uh it's just I've been around him a long time, and our friendship broke apart. You know, it wasn't the same as it always was. You know, it changed as we got older. And you know, like Mark, Mark's like Mark's like a little brother. You know, like he, he, he like I mean, I mean, I fought with him, I've argued with him, I had laughed with him. Whatever you want to, you know, whatever emotional you know thing that ever happened to us was, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 there was a ton of it. You know, and. You know, now now we're both, you know, like, you know, we're in our 40s now. And we we have something special that we created, you know. Now, I, I shouldn't say we created it, but, like, we have something special that we're a part of. And I know what you we mean. all respect that, you know. And I've still been playing music since I left Chimera. You know, I've been playing music and playing in bands. and Took a few months off here, took a couple years off in the middle of that. No, I remember very well, yeah. And... The fact that you were saying that you were the one that kind of reached out uh, to reform or sort of try to make amends in some way, um, and you could, you know, you don't have to agree or you don't have to say whatever you want, you know, whatever. I'm just saying it's. I don't think people would have thought that you of all the members would have been the one to facilitate that, and then you did, and then the reunion, like. Yeah, I mean, you know, to answer that or to you know confirm what you said, I, I mean. How do I put this? It's um I never thought you would have approached him. I mean, that blew my mind. Well, okay, so that's the thing because nobody knows my history, you know, with Mark, you know what I'm that's saying? That's true. That's true. Nobody knows like I mean, sure we've probably talked about it and uh, you know, heard stories or might be something, you know, said how long we knew each other via interviews or whatnot, but um you know, I I've known Mark so long, I've actually rode my bike to his house and jam with him. And I was sure. already in another band, and you know this is this is good. This is good history lesson, and this is something that like you know these 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 people that are listening to this right now will um will will think about because it's um it's basically your own history for your band. I mean, it's like you know or whatever you've ever done. I I was in a band, okay, and I was in my high school band. I actually had a we had a real great drummer and a real great, great bass player along with my one of my best friends, Ed Gandalf. And the other two guys that were in the band have passed away. Both of them are gone now. And oh, wow. the crazy thing is, when I was in a band with those guys, I was always jamming with Mark. Or I'd go and jam with other people. Just, you know, hey, man, it's networking. You know, whatever. You know, like, you know, back then, like, you know, I was, I was, I, I, I'd bring my guitar on my bike over there, you know, because I used to ride my bike to my buddy Ed's house. And I, I you know, I'd bring my stuff over there and I'd go jam with them. And and for years, Mark had my brand or my my first guitar. He kept it to play guitar on because he was a drummer. He used to jam with us and he'd play drum. 
So, you know, it, when it comes down to, you know, telling people, um, you know, certain things and thir- certain aspects of, of creating and building your own little band empire, um, you, you have to network with other people. Like, you have to just get out there. People, you know, let them know who you are. You know, but there's a long time, and I was going out there, like, you know, like, it's like, I was just like, nobody knows me. Nobody cares. This is, like, so stupid. Why does, I mean, you know, I'm, we're trying to sell tickets. There's 20 people at our show, you know, like. Yeah, Jim, you're saying, price, you're, but, you're, you're saying exactly what I want you to talk about. Because you, I mean, you, that's just your personality, but you do that, and it's a fucking hard job. But something, It's a total hard job, you know, and I don't even go to shows anymore because, you know, I just don't care to go shows. I, I, I just go to see my friends. Like like one of the last shows I went to is I went to saw Madball. In fact, Hatebreed's coming here soon, and I got to actually, shit, I got to look that up on my phone because I want to go see those guys, you know. But anyways, uh, point is, I really want to make sure that uh, when I was growing up in the scene, like I grew up out in the suburb city, and a lot of people out in that suburb city weren't playing music except for my friends and the people we were in, we were in a scene with. Like, there was a lot of us, us people in that scene. My direction with that question was, it was kind of like, okay, so Jim Jim can talk to anyone. And he's, you know, entertaining. And, you know, he always makes people around him feel good. And a lot of, some people don't have that. Well, I also make him look good at the barbershop, too. <laughs> he does, yes. He does. <laughs> but in reality, I think, I mean, you could be the tightest band on the planet. You know, you could have the best sounding recording or whatever. But if you don't have, you know, if you're all, if you're just in your bedroom and hanging out and not getting out there and pushing it um, and or shaking the hands or getting to know the people, um, like, like pound the pavement like Jim did, it's never going to get anywhere. So there is a ceiling where talent does kind of matter, but I think I guarantee like the way bands get along on tour and, you know, getting on other tours with bands and having a good reputation of being able to get along with different types of bands is, you know, kind of helped you in your career. And well, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, that's going out to the to the level of like you know I did right before I stopped touring you know like it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty relevant all the stuff that I did in the beginning phases of being in a band it's all relevant to stuff that I'm doing now in the phase of the you know the, the, the bands that I'm in you know I'm in two bands right now one was a tour, international touring metal staple act and the other one's a local, strong, hard rock, um, very tight, professional, you know, rock band, hard rock band, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And everybody's professional. Like, I'm not even going to practice the show I'm playing with them on Friday. They're, I'm, they're, I'm actually filling in for Impending Lies on Friday at the show in Kent because, um, they, the, you know, the guy that uh, was supposed to fill in for me because I'm leaving to play in Camara flaked out. So. You know, musicians are idiots. You know, they're douchebags. You know, yeah. You can just be ahead of the game just by number one doing what you say you're going to do, right? Being there on time. But what I'm saying is, you know, most guys, you know, they think that they spent three years learning their, uh, you know, learning the guitar and they're writing riffs. They got a band, the CD coming out, and 
he's just like, well, all right, I did my hard, my hard part's done. I wrote the masterpiece. I'm going to sit back on the couch. And it's like, no, no one gives a fuck about your masterpiece. It's like, yeah. not until you're out there. Like, how do you perform your masterpiece? Like, can you go out there? Like when you guys, I want to talk about how you guys got on those early tours, but when you're out with Slayer, dude, it's like, you guys have to like bring your a game and you guys did. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you, you bring up Slayer and you know, I don't know, man, I don't know where to go with this because to be honest with you, talking about us touring with Slayer and the early stages of what we did, I think it's more important to bring up the fact of what it was to get to play with Slayer. That's definitely what I want. That's definitely what we want to get to. Whatever you want to tell me about that point, because like once you get there, you're like, "Wow, I'm a peer." Yeah, dude. Man, it's like you know, like bro. There's so many. I know. That's the problem. Like this band that I joined, Impending Lies. I'll give you a reference to like you know, like what what some of the things I discussed, and like you know, kind of like said, "Okay, let's not do that." Um. You know, and, and here's the thing. The guys that I'm in a band with, they're all professional. They're, they've been around. They've done their band tours. They've done the stuff that they've done. Now, the thing is, the thing is, it's like, what do you do to make this band successful? And I, and I think what, what, what I told them is, there's no need to buy a van. We don't need to spend money on it. Let's get some recording done. Let's just let things kind of happen. Nobody wants to. I'm not leaving Cleveland to go on tour and try to make it in this band. Yeah. I own a house. They own houses. I have a kid. You know, it's it's like I told them. I'm like, if I, I'll help manage the band, I'll do whatever I can to get us to the next level, locally and somewhat regionally. Okay, there's this festival that goes on down in like I, I forget, it's like I don't know Mansfield, Ohio. These guys were um, these, these this 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 guy kind of blew me off and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm like, all right, you're not gonna let my band play. I don't care. Whatever. I'm not going to fight you I'm not, or fight to try to put us on the show, whatever. But now, see, it, there's all politics involved. And, you know, promoters want to pay bands. Is it, is it all pay to play? Is it kind of all pay to play, sell tickets? No, I was trying to get some money for it and play and, and get a great slot. They weren't budging. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So guess what? Now Camira's back together and we're going to play shows. And... I'll, I want Camira to play that show, and if they're going to play it, Impending Lies is playing. Or I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm trying to, like, you know, you know, to, to strong-arm people, but it's like, hey, listen, man, you know, the guy told me, is if Camira, if this was Camira, he'd put you on this thing, I'm like, I know, I know. This, I'm not in Camira right now. It wasn't even talked about being put together, you know what I'm saying, at the yeah. time. But it's like, you know, politics and all that kind of stuff like that, It's 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 like, you know, bands play politics. You have to play politics with local bands. You have to, you know, you have to get out there. You know, try to get. Hey, this band's going to come to Cleveland. We're going to play a show with them. They're going to play a show with us here. We're going to have a great crowd. And you go to their town, and it sucks. There's nobody there. They they hustled you. They you, they paid them all this money to come out there. Oh, I can't pay you tonight. Well, that's why there's no scene and there's no unity with people because everybody's. Everybody's like, well, I made 300 bucks tonight. Well, I'm going to fuck the, the band coming in from out of town. You know, even though, like, I don't care. We'll screw them. So everybody's in, 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 in this business to screw each other for little bits of money. You know, pieces and pieces of money. And I just learned that, you know, like, 
you know, keep on playing in this in in scenes and whatnot. You 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 learn that you know it's not all about screwing everybody over. It's like you know what, it's an investment. Well, it's like when you're touring. Yeah, when you're touring and you know you're having fun and you treat you know that treat you know break the venue apart and you know you got to come back there next year. It's like, dude, they remember right. that shit and right. Um, and and people remember that you treated them well. Like, oh, hey, Jim, right. you know, like, oh, yeah, or Jim was an asshole. It's like you could be two different ways, right? So, well, I like I'm a barber, so I really know how to read people. I have a really good way to read people, and you know, I'm never the asshole in a sense where I, I would never go. I mean, I would bust balls with people and make them feel comfortable about being around and whatnot. But I'm not gonna fucking. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't rip people off. I'm not into that. I never was. I earn my money. I, I work hard, and that's it is what it is, you know. But people are so eager in the music scene, whatever city you're in, whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's anybody that's listening here. They can all agree on me, agree to agree with me that it's you know it's so cutthroat. And why is it cutthroat? It's cutthroat because your show generated five hundred bucks, and you think it should have generated twenty five hundred dollars, and then all of a sudden you are owed this money because those are all your people. I mean. It's just a cycle of, of, of just things that just that bands do. <laughs> but it happens, and the, the point of this is you've learned how to navigate that with your experience in the business for a long time, and now you can direct, uh, you know, your projects from here on out, knowing, you know, number one, maybe what to pay for, what to not pay for, how to promote yourself, oh, yeah. what to not, you know. Just like all these little things, like you wish you would have saved, you know, maybe this would have saved a thousand bucks on that well, trip that's, out that's the key. Or... If your band is going to be successful, that's the key for it to be successful is to learn from those mistakes. Um, a friend of mine, I'll never forget, we were uh, playing a club and it was, it was earlier days, and I was in an alternative rock band back in the you know mid nineties, and uh, the band we were playing in, we decided we played the show at a college town and. Uh, I'll never forget uh, the drummer's like, let me take care of this business. These guys are going to pay us and all this stuff. And he was funny. I mean, we were young. We didn't know any better. He was just trying to like, you know, trying to get like a, you know, rock attitude. You know, we're just all learning how this business works, you know, kind of figuring that stuff out. He went in there and was trying to talk to the club owner and the club owner just walked right past him because his hair was all like funky. And now this guy turned out to be a great touring musician is awesome his name's chad zaliga um he's played with uh you know the guys from creed he played in uh well god what the hell's the name of that band breaking benjamin you know like you know sure. play, i played a band with him and the guys from uh switch ben shiggle you know all them guys brad coachman who's a non-point right now and, and chad's chad's intention was great it was it was his, his intention was we're playing a we're playing a show we drove all the way from cleveland better freaking pay us man like you know we worked hard to come here you know this is this is you know this yeah. is bullshit man you know like i i was all on his page i'm like go ahead dude do what you can and it just wow. it was just like it just backfired on him in a sense where it wasn't bad it backfired on him because you know we had no clout and we talked about it on the way home we 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 we, we learned from that 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 situation and said you know you know why did this work? Why, like, why can't we get? You know, we learned that we're no, we're nobodies. You know, nobody gives a shit about us. You know, 
And that's the thing. It's sad, but that's the way it is, man. Like, that's the way this business is. People are going to always, they're going to be, I'm, I'm much better than this band. You should put us on this slot. This is the way it should be. Okay. This, you know, you know, high, we're playing the, high school the shit. Show. It's high school shit. Right. I mean, not, like, not to make, you know, I don't want to, you know, be a you know downer about it, but you are hearing like, you know, look, this does happen. But then again, think about what Jim's saying. It's like, if you were, you know, a dick once, you know, that shit kind of gets around a little bit. Your dick a couple times, you know, and then you're with these bands all the time, you know, especially right. if you're at this level and you're playing these festivals and stuff. I mean, you know, you make a mistake doing this or say the wrong thing to the wrong person or who knows what it is. Right. But, you know, just, dude, don't be a dick. And Well, people don't understand that they're being a dick because they, they, you know, especially now, I don't know what these kids are. These kids are... I, they're at a different level now because they're so much different than when I was out there doing things. You know, when I was younger, I was passing out flyers for shows. I was, um, you know, I'd, I'd go to parties. I, I listen, I, I didn't drink. I hated, I hated being around people that drank because they're all like some stupid and getting in trouble. I mean, don't forget me wrong. I drink. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I didn't drink in high school though. And I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't, I hated going to these parties, but like, you know, I had networking. I go out, and, you know, and, and this is all about now. Now you get, now you're getting into this whole thing about percentages, okay? It, and when I talk about percentages, like I'll tell you exactly. I mean, I, I know, I, you got to know business, and you have to know how things work. And I knew this at a younger age because I learned it from my father, who was, a, you know, a very good businessman, you know. And I learned that, you know, statistics come into play. Okay, I go to, I was at a vocational school, and I went to the graphics printing. Uh, you know, class. And I said, "Hey, dude, you know, can you make me can you copy these flyers? I heard you. You know, you did this for your buddy's band. Yeah, dude. I don't. I mean, how much should this cost? He's like, I'll do it for free. I'll get you ten thousand flyers. Holy shit! So that that yeah, that's what I did in high school. I didn't have Facebook back then. You know, I I mean, I had ten thousand flyers that I would get so many people. Hey, dude, take a stack of these flyers. Just put them somewhere for me. You know, it was no, a lot I different remember. back then. A lot different. I mean, I had I had friends of mine helping me out, and you know, go up to the upper. We had you know, we had a parking lot at the, at the high school. I'm go tag all these cars, put a bunch of flyers on there, go somewhere. You know, are you going here? Take some flyers for me, dude. You know what I'm saying? That's it, that's the hustle that I did. You know, in in in, in the early days of, of trying to get there. And guess what? Want to talk about percentages? Ten thousand flyers. We get two fifty, two seventy five, three hundred people at our shows. That's a pretty damn good draw rate, though. I'm 17 years old. Goes to show you. I mean, let me let me expand on that. It's all about budgeting, too. You know, I mean, like you know, we were we made we did tapes back then. (laughs) We did three songs that we recorded in the studio, and then we did um, a live song that we recorded. Sounded pretty good. We're like, this is cool. It's going to come out good. You know, and the thing is, it's like we we sold those tapes. I mean, I think we probably printed up 300 tapes or something like that. We sold every one of them, you know, I forget, maybe five bucks. I think we're selling them for three bucks. I forget. I can't remember the price. It was a long time ago. Like high school that like I tell kids now, like, because like, like if a kid doesn't know who I am and I'm cutting their hair, you know, I got to explain them and like, you know, just like say what I do, you know? And like, I, I told, you know, I tell kids like, I'm like, Hey, yeah, you know, high school wasn't for me, you know, edu- you know, like, I'm glad you're going to school. That's awesome. Let me tell you how I did it. How do you sum that up that quick? Like for a I could sum it up in 15 minutes in a conversation and talk about sports, politics, 
every you know my whole history of what I've done in 15, 20 minutes, your haircut looks great. You're out the door. You know, man. That's, man. that's that's how I roll. You know, and the other, and guy, the other guy doesn't say anything. What other guy? The, the customer? <laughs> what other guy? No, I mean like yeah, I mean that's yeah, yeah, a, yeah that's the a customer. Sh- like no, no, they just like to listen. You know, and I explain to them like you know it's all about effort and you know like. You know, I always remember the, the term A for, you know, you're, you get an A for effort. I'm like, so you tried, but you may have failed on something, but you get the A for effort, which means you did your best you could, you know, and everything. And you always, you know, and then all of a sudden there's a setback. You know, people, you know, there's a setback. A guy quits the van. A guy does this. I mean, you know, dude, there's so many things that happen. Well, what when, was the big break, like, back in the early Camara days, Jim, when, when you guys, like, Got signed by Roadrunner and all that stuff. Like when you went full time and uh, on those tours, what were you doing at the time? And were, were you thinking the same thing? Like, should I leave this? Oh yeah. You know, I mean. So I was in a band called Switched. It was called Short Bus before that. We we kind of went from our hard rock band. Switched. I left that band, and we were working with Tom Hazard, and I left that band to join Chimera. I was like, I didn't want to leave because I had the studio. And, you know, then all of a sudden I started, you know, we, we, we had two songs, Taste My and Dead Inside. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, these are good songs. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to get too excited because I got the great, I got a great barbershop gig here. You know, it's fucking great barbershop. I'm making great money. You know, I'm kind of like getting done with this thing. I see, you know, starting to think about like buying a house and kind of doing all that kind of stuff because I was making good money. And then all of a sudden, the Camara stuff, and I was I was in a band, and we were playing shows on the weekends. I was playing Philly, New York. You know, I mean, that we were playing all those things. Actually, my big break came when I was 20 years old. Our band got an offer from Warner Brothers Records. So I was 20 years old the first time I got a record deal offer from a big major label. That's in, awesome. In the, the mid-90s. And that's in the, good, that's in the good heyday. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't know that. What was the band? It's called Not So Blah. Okay. Wow. It, was our, it was our rock band and all, our, all active rock band. And now the thing is, the funny thing is, when we got that record deal offered to us from Warner Brothers, um, the guy that was working with us made us try to sign this agreement for 40% of everything we do. He was in charge of. We're taking 40% of anything we've ever done. He had, you know, he had full writing. He had to write the tunes first. It was this older guy, you know, he Jeez. used to play with the Eagle. He, he, he used to play with like Glenn Fry and like some really big major musicians. He was, a, it was, he was like a kind of like a studio songwriter kind of guy. Yeah. And he was, he was really good. We actually had a lot of really good songs that like actually, actually got us a record offer. And, but they were part of songs that he wrote. Like I had to quit my job and I was working at this barbershop that I'm actually working at right now. I worked there for a day and my singer calls me up. W is his name. He calls me up and he goes, he's like, dude, if you're going to do this, cause we're getting a record deal offered to us. These guys are like serious. You know, you have to quit this job. We have to practice. Like, I was like, fuck. I'm like, dude, I can't. I mean, I'm living with my parents, but I'm like, like that was a good job, but I only worked there for one day, you know? And I was like, fuck. That was early nineties. That's, that was big. I mean, to get that, that was like bands, yeah, or midnight, but but bands don't get offers like that anymore. No, like that offer that we would have got was would have been like fucking something that like 
at that age, it would have been like too much to handle. I don't know. Like, yeah. well, like, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't ready for it. I was 25 when Kamara got signed. And that was hard work. So it was five years in between that I was in that band with, with the rock band. And, you know, it was Chad Zaliga, Ben Shiggle, Joe Shiggle, and Brad Coachman in that band. And, you know, we, you know, the, the, the record opportunity that we got got fucked up because of the guy wanted all this percentage and was trying to screw us. And basically, the guy that was working for the record label, you know. Just he, retracted it. He well, he retracted and then left the business because you know things were kind of getting a little weird in that business, and he left it. They actually because uh, it was in Cleveland, you know, he, Warner Brothers was in Cleveland. This, this guy was in Cleveland. He signed, you know, he worked with Michael Jackson, like all these crazy artists in the eighties, and you know, had a huge career. And my uncles, actually, my step uncles, actually really knew him really well. So what happened was he retracted the record deal, and then I found out he was, you know, like I found out from my uncles, step uncles, that uh, they were friends with him. I called him up. He's like, he's like, oh man, he's like, I wish you would have, if you would have told me those were your uncles. He's like, I would have signed you guys and, 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 and excluded that guy out of the contract. And, you know, he was trying to work me into a, into a, like a writing deal. That's what he was trying to work. We were the band for him writing tunes. You know what I'm saying? Like a publishing sort of deal or something. Right. He would have got like a, like a writer's, like a writer's publishing deal. Nice. And we would have just performed his music and hopefully the band would have taken off. Right. So, so literally that all folded. And then when the guy found out that was my uncle's, he said, he's like, Oh my God, if I would have known that before I left the business, I was on a phone with him for an hour and a half. He's like, he's like, I would have, I would have totally hooked you guys up and you know, you guys would have been totally fine. And you know, this guy, I didn't know who you guys were. I just went and saw you a couple of times. I was on my way out of the music business. So it was kind of like the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? It was the wrong time. But well, you learned That's a lot. That, right now. The thing is though, like we didn't really have tons of fans for that band. A lot of our friends, my brother's friends, my brother was in college at Cleveland State. Used to get a lot of people coming to see us play. Yeah. And, you know, because because I was always hustling. My brother eventually started getting good at hustling people for me and, like, bringing them to the shows, you know, and doing all that work for me. You know, it was awesome. It was a good team. You know, and we get a lot of people going. But they were all friends of friends. You know what I'm saying? There was not really – they were fans because they liked the music. And, but it was a local band, you know. But right. going back a little further than that – Mark and I were in a band called Skip Line, which was our hardcore band. And that was the first time I ever had true taste of what fans were. And that was fucking awesome. Oh, interesting. Like, All right. So we're like, were you playing the same shows. venues or it was just. That you? was like 95, dude. That was like in 95. No, that was like all hardcore shows. Oh, so that the scene was so, big so there. To go back, so to go back there, we played shows in 1995 with Hatebreed. The guy, uh, uh, Paul from Shadows Fall, um, this guy that recorded all those bands, like this guy named Zeus. You know who Zeus is? Yeah, the yeah, the Chris. So I from met the East all Coast. those guys. I met all those guys in '95. Oh wow! So I've known like that's that's where me and Mark kind of stemmed from. So so from '95, you know, to 2000 when we got signed with Chimera, like for those five years, I already knew a lot of those people that like we already started actually. When Camara got signed, we all kind of came out, you know, like, so like, it's kind of funny how we're part of that scene out of, you know, Massachusetts, because when Camara started breaking out, people thought we were from like, you know, New England area. Yeah. Like, Cause everything was going on up there. Right. With like Kill right. Switch and Shadows Fall and, uh, yeah. Hatebreed so, and. Yeah. 
so it was weird because it's like we kind of like you know we start playing some shows up there. But here's the thing: I mean, it's I'm, I'm kind of sporadically going from back and forth with all this stuff. But the key is, you know, all this stuff is all hard work for people, for for bands. Like everybody has to be, you know, everybody has to be on the same page, you know, and that's in a band, you know. And you have your disagreements, but you have to be able to pick up the pieces after those disagreements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So nothing is easy in being a band. It's not easy to you know to deal with everybody's attitudes and everybody's like you know. Well, you guys weren't just like in a band for a year. You guys were in a band touring internationally for well over 10 years and living side by side for a lot of that time. And well, yeah. I mean, that's that's not easy anyway, but you you know, you've learned how to do it. You learned how to how to manage that. Yeah, I mean So that goes back to your story what, about, you know, if if more people knew about or yours and Mark's relationship. Mark and I you know, it it's it's been a long relationship, and it's been a bumpy, bumpy one. You know, good do good times and bad times, and we're on a good time right now. We're just enjoying this ride because as we get older, now it's not it's not all about now because of what we've done, what we have done with Camira. It's not about it's not about any of that stuff now. We're making it all about friendship. That's it. You know, like we're all getting older. Yeah. And, you know, we're all friends and it's like, you know, it's, you know, it's a business too, but we're all friends and we want to enjoy something that we do together that, you know, that you can get up there and, you know, we played shows all over the world and, you know, now it's time to, you know, just play one show. <laughs> what a great reunion though. Like, and I think one thing that Camaro always did well, like every time you guys released a record, there was, you know, you always had a, a DVD to go with it. Or the making of yeah. to go with it. And I thought that was, now that I think about it, it's so smart. Because it's kind of like your fans, I mean, you have some really diehard fans on you know every continent pretty much. But I think like when you do that, people feel like they know you on a more, on, on a personal level. Even though you may not even know who they are. You right. know, they they right. might know right. the inside jokes or the nicknames of the band or whatever from... From you know buying your absolutely yeah it was I thought and that was so key. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's it's key because it's like you know people people quote things you know people say things and it's just like you know people don't even know if it's a hurtful thing or if it's a it's a positive thing. They just say it because they it's in the DVD. You know when I hear certain things, I mean I'm not gonna elaborate on it. Yeah, yeah. When I hear certain things on a DVD, I'm just like, oh god. Now it's a catchphrase. It's a catchphrase all of a sudden. You're like, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was one edit. <laughs> I, have a lot of, I have a lot of catchphrases. I know you have a lot of them. I don't know. I think that what I'm trying to get at the, at the, you know, you had some good stories there, but I'm trying to get like your band got further, I think, because you were like a face to the handshake and a face to the deal. And you could relate with all those people. Like, you know, you can relate with the different personalities, like you were talking about at the barbershop, like you can talk to anybody, right? So when you're negotiating and talking with these bands from different countries, different, you know, tour managing groups and all this sort of stuff. And you, you, you've always been known as like, and I'm sure everyone in Camara would agree that like, you're, you know, you, you win people over super quick. I'm just no nonsense bullshitter. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I'm just, I, I bullshit, but, you know, it's it's fun. I mean, I listen. You know, 
think about what you know. Think about some of the you know. I always think about some of the people I've met, and it's just like wow. Well, you how know, many times like, did you go out with like uh, uh, Slipknot? I mean, like maybe you wouldn't have gone out a second time if you guys would have been idiots, but you you probably made a good impression on them. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, you make an impression on you know Slayer. Slayer tells people that you're, you know, they should go, you should take this band on tour. They're, they're awesome, you know. So word gets around on that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and sometimes the bad stuff gets around quicker than the good stuff. This was actually pretty cool. So. When all this happened, and this is kind of going back to like 10 minutes ago when we talked about it, but like when the show reunion sort of happened, everything came together so quick. And then, you know, these packages were on sale and you, now you have people coming from all over the world to uh, to come watch this one show in Cleveland, yeah. which is extra special for you guys. And yeah, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It, it sold out in three and a half weeks, and that was definitely some really, that was just really awesome. You know, I was like really happy. I was like, wow, this is going to be, this is going to be epic show. This is going to be such an epic show, and everyone's going to be super happy, and, you know, they're going to be satisfied that, you know, that they were at the show. It's a lot of work, man. It's like, you know, I'm trying mm -hmm. to rely on someone to do something on my end to help me out and help somebody to do something on their end. To help, I'm like you know, referring to what we're dealing with, it's like you know, it's all it's it's networking, putting people together, you know, and putting them together to help each other out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Help me out, help you out. You know, like you know, this is this this is all related to the stuff that I used to do back in the day with just you know trying to trying to get people to come to a show. You know, it's all I have time for, to be honest. Between the barbershop and being a father, I know how. How much time that that takes? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you know. It's I mean, it's not, all good. Yeah. It's all great stuff. It's all stuff you wouldn't change, but it just takes up a a big chunk of free time. Yeah, my kids. I mean, that's I. I you know, my kid. I just want to be with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's the best. They, you know, and all your everyone's kids are the best. And I hope that someday, whatever I do in my did in my life inspires him to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I agree. That's something like that. You know, it's, 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 you have to teach your kids what you know. And my dad taught me what he knew. And I, you know, I learned from it. And I, somehow I listened to my father, you know, and that's the thing. If you want anybody to kind of sum all this stuff up, listen to your parents. <laughs> They're always going to be right. <laughs> when they say, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't be an idiot. You say, don't go, don't go on tour. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Oh my it. god, my dad told me that shit all the time. <laughs> my dad used to was from you know like, like you know we've had a lot of crazy stuff happen to us. Don't sign anything. <laughs> yeah, always what he said. Don't sign anything. I, <laughs> dad, I gotta sign this. This is what it is. <laughs> what was you know after all that pain and after all the hardship and all the promo and stuff? And there's been awesome moments like you got to play like Download Festival and some huge like open air festivals and in front in front of a lot of killer crowds is there anything that stands out you were oh god you playing know with metallica download we i playing the two download shows are probably some of the best things i've ever done the first one was awesome we played the same stage metallica played the next day or the same day i can't remember and then and then there was uh definitely the second time we played download which was about eighty thousand people that was awesome 
That was a sea of people. Really awesome moments for sure. Those two festivals. I mean, all the festivals we played overseas were great, but those those were some awesome moments. You know. What's your favorite uh, continent to visit? Australia. Besides, besides North America, because I don't ever want to leave it again. But uh, right. yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely Australia was definitely. Uh, That's such badass. a big continent, though. You can't really like drive, or you got to fly a lot of places. Yeah. People are awesome there, but it's just it's just a cool place, man. It's America without all the the bullshit. Way less people, you know. That traveling, I, I I mean, that traveling, you know, you do so much of it. It's like I, I love going to Europe, you know. I, I always had my spots in Europe that I go to, like you know, especially with Rob, just go get something to eat, you know, shit like that, you know. It's fun to get. It's fun once you're there. It sucks getting there. Yeah, I don't, if I if I didn't have to fly, I'd be over in Europe all the time. Yeah. I remember I went to Japan once, and that was just the most brutal. Sweet though, isn't it? Oh yeah, it, it was. That's the only thing in my life I can think of that would is that where I felt like a barbarian, like I was totally out of my element, like a society completely, like where up <laughs> was down and right was left, and you know what I mean, yeah. like like everyone was quiet and respectful, and we go to dinners for like six hours. Yeah. And, you know, and people would ride in the subway and not make a sound. And, you know, you're had it maybe too much, too much beer to drink. And you're maybe a little bit louder than you think you are. And you're like, just feel like a heathen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're apologizing. Yeah. For, you're apologizing for everyone. It's, 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 so, that's cool over there, though, man. Before I went to Japan, I got a phone call from Clown from Slipknot. I, I probably sat, talked to him for about 45 minutes. He said, yeah, I heard you guys are going to, to Japan. He's like, man, it's just the coolest place you'll see, man. You know, 45 minutes. He just, it's the last time I actually physically talked to him, you know, and it was just like, wow, man. He hyped me up so bad to go there. I was like, wow, that's so sweet. I can't wait to go. Was it was it uh, super quiet in between songs like they always talk about? Um, Yeah, I kind of remember that, but I just remember just, it was just crazy to be there, you know. In Tokyo, you're right there by the water. Like oh, yeah, so many cool. high rises. There's, I mean, oh, it's all, well, we could talk about that f- for a while, oh, for sure. but yeah, that's, that's the plus side. And then meeting your heroes a lot of times. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of like, you, you get numb sometimes of things because of like what you've done, you know, like with, the, with you know, like meeting other bands. Cause you're just like, these guys are people too, man. Yeah. You know? They're cool. So, you know, they, they've done everything you've done in the same sense. You know? Yeah, like I said, you're at, you're at that level where you're peers. It's kind of cool. It was kind of awesome, you know? That's an experience not a lot of people have. You know, and oh, a lot of times it can go the other way. You know, like a lot of times if you're around a lot of the same people you and I are, maybe you don't catch them on the best day. Or maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe someone you look up to doesn't really... F- fit what you thought in their mind. I mean, but for the most part, that stuff happens too, but you know what though? For the most part, it's you never all, know. you meet somebody could have a bad day. You don't know. You don't know what's going on in their world. You know, I, and frankly, I don't want to mess with their world. And you know, it's just, they do what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like well, these people, like, you know, you're going on tour with people. It's like, man, just think about like, you know, like their lives, you know, you don't know what's going on in their lives. You know, I, mean, I know because they're, they're on the road. They miss their family. They miss this, you know. It's like 
it's it's not as easy as you think it would be, you know. But I'm not complaining about it either. Lucky you are you're at where you're at, you know. A lot of those people should be. A lot of those people, you wonder how they live, like survive to be adults. Some of them, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But like, but like guys like you that are like have have things going on at home that you're like, okay, well, I got to make sure, you know. And you've got you guys have done it a bunch of different ways, you know. You've you've driven yourselves, you know. You've done the tour oh. bus thing, then you've not done the tour bus thing, and right. you know what it's like to pay bills on a six week tour or be a Europe and have to get a payment in oh i mean yeah i mean that's stuff you know rob was very good at all that stuff that's another thing you know another great you know you know mind at business you know it's like he you know he he was like the accountant you know he made sure shit was paid for and did a lot of stuff like that it was behind the scenes people probably didn't realize not just playing guitar you know and mark you know mark rob you know chris matt handles all of us you know we did a lot of stuff to keep us ourselves out there and keep the, and kept it going, you know. Just it takes so much to get there, but once you get there, you got to stay there as long as you can. It's almost harder to stay there once you're there. Hell yeah, it is. It totally is. It's like way harder. So, so you, you guys know, had you guys had. I mean, number one, what got you there? Your team at the beginning. So you had you had a lot of this stuff going on, like with the songwriting department and stuff. But outside of that, you know, the PR build and the graphics. And the digital stuff that, you know, being tech savvy at that time was a huge benefit. And I know Chris was a huge asset in that, you know, arena. Everyone pulling their weight in a six person unit is, that's very hard because a lot of people can't pull their weight in a three person unit. Oh, yeah. So you guys had the right team. That's exactly. And it's, that's, the, that's the key to, you know, to kind of, you know, end, end this conversation in a sense. It's, it's, the key is piecing together a team of people that have the same ideas, the same mindset, the same goals, the same know-how, the same talent. I mean, it's, it's there's so many factors in that that it's extremely tough for people to even get it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you, you have to be lucky to get to certain levels. It's all about positive reaction with each other and, and, and respecting each other. And that's the only way it's going to work, man. This will be the 15th the show. 15th. Correct? Holy shit. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? It is really crazy. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just remember all the tours and you guys did, you know, you came up through Milwaukee a lot. So always at the rave. So many, you know, so many. How many times did you see us before you knew us? Probably at least six. Wow. And then, how did you meet us? Through Andals? Yeah. Met you guys through Andals. And, uh, but yeah, Andals was, Andals was the catalyst, because Andals and I were, you know, obviously I was a fan of Andals drumming and and, uh, and all that stuff, so, you know, we'd chat. Anyhow, um, so, yeah, man, thanks for coming on, and... No, dude... I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk. You know what? I'd like to go park. That'd be cool. One on one, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I think you've a lot of insight for some people to think about. And hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, yeah, Jim. Yeah, for sure. You got any questions for Jim? Send them to Eric at Level Three Studios dot com. Uh, 
you know any any questions for him at all, I'll uh, I'll go through them, and we'll get Jim back on and we can, and we'll answer him. We can dig into his brain a little bit more. But thanks for your time tonight, Jim. Awesome, thank you. We'll talk with you soon, my friend. All right, Eric. Take it easy. All right, buddy. Bye. Okay, bye bye.